This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. fresh episode. This is Q29, Dennis. We are coming to you live from the Kip Brennan Studios in Southern California. Good morning, and how are you doing, DB? That's two shows in a row. I remember the name of the uh, studio, the person you named for the studio, John. Uh, Mayor, I have one question, though. Yes. If this is the off-season schedule, yeah. what the hell is the, the in-season schedule for us going to be like? Uh, I, it's going to be insane. Uh, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're still waiting on the NHL. Um, although I do have some really exciting news. I was able to text with Gary Bettman last night and was able to let him know that uh, I, my dream scenario, which is that the NHL does not get going until January 6th or later so that the entire hockey world can be focused on the World Junior Championships. And uh, basically because so much time has passed and they haven't come to a final resolution, uh, Gary decided, hey, why don't we just toy with everybody and talk about delay? Paying salaries and everything, and um, that that should stall the, the the conversations for another week or so, and probably push the NHL season back to around January tenth. So it looks like my dream is probably going to be a reality here, unless there's a an eleventh hour deal, DB. So time's on your side, John. You could you're you're happy for that. You're pushing for a later start. I I totally get it. So yeah, it could be uninterrupted viewing of the World Juniors. Yes, I totally get your plan. Great I'm, master plan by the mayor. Of let's course. Go. I mean, DB. Let's be honest. You're you're getting into you know the first week of the World Juniors, which starts on the week of or uh, on Christmas Day, and then you have about a week of round robin games, and then the playoffs start around January fifth. Uh, so like on you know third, fourth, and fifth, that that's that's medal round time, right? So. That would be really frustrating if the whole world of hockey is watching that and then the NHL is like, surprise, we're going to you know, drop a couple games in there and capture everybody's attention. Why? Can't you just wait a couple days? Why? Just wait till the 6th. Wait till the 10th. <laughs> we may come to that, Jay. You might get your wish, like we said. Well, see, secretly... Secretly, I know that's what everybody's pulling for. So let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so again, DB, this is uh, the Kip Brennan Studios. So let me tell you a little bit about Kip Brennan, right? Um, I was trying to find a connection, and it's very difficult because Penn State is such a young program. Uh, I guess I should mention first that our guest today is a former member of the Penn State hockey team, which is Cole Holtz, a uh, L.A. Kings draft pick turned pro back in April. We're going to bring him in during the second period, and uh, we'll ask him all about that. But just back to the connections thing. 
Um, Penn State is such a young program that there's not a lot of former alumni that have played there and things like that. So this is what I did for the connection. As I said, well, okay, let's let's go back to what year was Cole Holt born, and let's look at the NHL draft class from that year. So he was born in 1998, and when you look at the LA Kings draft class from that year, uh, at the top of the draft, they had Matthew Baron, a defenseman, Justin Papineau, who also uh, played a handful of games in the NHL, and then Kip Brennan. In the fourth round, I, I, I honed in on Brennan for a number of different reasons. Um, he did play 61 NHL games, DB. He played his OHL career with Sudbury or Sudbury, I guess it depends where you're from. Uh, but more interesting than that would be um, just sort of his travels as a member of the Los Angeles Kings organization. He did play for Bruce Boudreaux when he played in the AHL in Manchester uh, in the early days of Manch. So that was, that was rather interesting. Um, he also played in his 61 NHL games. Not only did he spread three seasons across L.A., but he played one season in Atlanta. So Kings PR guru. Uh, why is it the PR guys, by the way, are always gurus? They're, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they've, they've grabbed that moniker, but yeah. they do. You're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Rob Koch is a guru. Love Kochi, but... <laughs> We need to come up with another name for PR guys. Uh, I mean, guru, you could do worse. But anyway, so yeah, PR guru Rob Koch. Uh, he was with Atlanta for a while there with the Thrashers. A lot of Kings connections to the Atlanta Thrashers organization, which is interesting because the Thrashers really weren't around very long, as we all know. But uh, anyway, so Brennan played one season in Atlanta. And then also fans here in Southern California may remember that he played 12 games with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh now, when he was in Manchester, uh, I mentioned Bruce Boudreaux, but another player who eventually made his way to Manchester would have been Dustin Brown. And I think there might be a connection because if I have this wrong, and I might, but I think that uh, Brown's agent, Scott Norton, also repped Kip Brennan for a while. And uh, Brennan uh, wrapped up his career in the CHL playing for the Arizona Sundogs. Uh, back in 2013, and of course, our good buddy, friend of the show, he's been on before, Brian Slagle, CEO at Metal Blade Records. Uh, the man who discovered Metallica also is big into hockey, and he's owned uh, pieces of hockey teams and leagues, and the CHL was one of them. So whenever I think of the CHL, I always think of Slags. Uh, and then... Kip Brennan, another little interesting note, he used to work out with Chad Morrow, who, for those that don't know, that's Ethan Morrow's brother, the former captain of the Oilers. And Chad Morrow is a uh, former strength and conditioning coach of the Oilers, as well as does a lot of work with athletes in the South Bay and uh, several Kings, Dustin Brown, Jonathan Quick, and a number of other guys um, go to Chad Morrow as well. So a lot of connections to Kip Brennan. Uh, rather interesting, DB, and you happen to remember that name, so that's good. Yeah, he's a pretty good fighter as well, wasn't he, Jay? Yeah, he was uh, certainly one of those one of those guys that uh, was not afraid to drop the gloves, and that's how he tried making his mark on the NHL. It's funny. I was talking with a coach the other day. Uh, we were texting back and forth, and you know, he he was saying something about uh, you know you're you're a hustler and you're working hard and this and that. And I said, yeah, I'm I'm working harder than uh, than a non drafted player at an ECHL uh, tryout camp. And he said, well, then I have some advice for anybody who is at uh, an ECHL camp. And he said said fight early and fight often and that's that's how you're going to stay in the league so <laughs> I kept Brendan certainly uh received that advice from somebody and 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 stuck to it um so DB I thought here in the first period before we bring Holtz in we would just spend a few minutes talking about the Penn State program because a lot of people first of all probably don't know a lot about college hockey here on the west coast only because college hockey has not yet in a big way landed on the west coast so we do have Arizona State uh, you know but there, there's really nothing else uh, here to speak of from a division one level and we get asked all the time well what's it going to take to get D1 hockey it only takes one thing to get D1 hockey in Southern California and that's money UNLV has been trying to go D1 um, they're looking for about $25 million to get their program off and running. Maybe the Sam Wellies will get something started, especially with their beautiful facility. And, I, you know, we've talked before, that sort of seems like the long-term plan. They have that 2,500-seat arena there um, in Irvine. But here's the deal. It's only been 10 years since Penn State decided that they were going to go D1, and now they're a top-10 ranked program in the country. Go back to 2010, DB. Um, they received not only $25 million, they received an initial donation of $88 million, and then he later raised that to $14 million. So over $100 million came from 
Terry, well, and his wife, Terry and Kim Pagula, um, they committed a bunch of money in 2010 to get that program up and running. And three years later, they had a beautiful state-of-the-art facility uh, that launched in 2013. And like I said, now in 2020, um, they are a top 10 ranked program. So that's, that's pretty amazing. That was the largest single donation in university history. So you think about Penn State and all of the donors that they've had through the years. And the largest donation came from somebody who was a graduate there in 1973, a huge hockey fan, and he helped launch the Penn State D1 hockey program. Yeah, it's even more massive because you consider the success over the years of the Penn State football program, you would have figured some prominent person and dropped a lot of money. But yeah, it, uh, it's, it's kind of surprising that it's the hockey program that got the largest donation, for, for sure. Yeah, and of course, for those that don't know, the Pagula family then went on also, and they're the owner of the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and so they've made a huge commitment to the world of hockey, not only at the NHL and professional level, but all the way back at at, at, uh, at the college level as well. And like I said, that's where uh, Terry Pagula graduated there many, many years ago. So congratulations to Penn State and getting uh, off and running here with such a, a great program. Um, speaking of off and running, DB, we do want to make mention of our uh, supporters, and uh, Manscaped has certainly been supporting Kings of the Podcast for quite some time. And with the holidays coming up, it's the uh, the perfect package is now available from Manscaped. So are you looking for the perfect gift for your partner this holiday season? Manscaped has the perfect package for his perfect package. The perfect package 3.0 by Manscaped is the number one recommended gift all year long. And DB, I know you're wondering, all our listeners are wondering, well, what do you get? What is the perfect package 3.0? Inside, they're going to find their very own lawnmower 3.0. We've talked a lot about that uh, uh, on the program and the ceramic blades and the, the skin safe technology and the, the light, of course. Um, so they're going to get the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, by the way, it can be used for any part of the body, DB, not just, uh, you know, for your manly region, but also hairy chest, hairy back. Uh, look no further. Hair down there, no problem. Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. It's designed to reduce cuts and make for a smooth trim. And uh, it's helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. So in addition, you'll get the other liquid formulations inside the perfect package. You get the crop preserver, deodorant, the crop reviver, which is the toner. And you also get reduced chafing boxer briefs. So it's a great package that you get. Uh, and these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free. So you know your manhood is in good hands. Right now, you can save 20% and get free shipping with the code KOTP2020 at manscaped.com. Score your own hat trick this holiday season with Manscaped using the code KOTP2020. DB, you know, how, Jay, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, you talk about grooming. Yeah. You may not have reached that age yet, but you talk about areas that, you know, when you get really old, hair starts growing out of your ears. <laughs> so for the, the, the more elder part of our audience, you could also, believe me, and I wouldn't know from personal experience, there you go. but I, I do know that you could also use it as a factory trick. And that's where the light comes in, Jay. Ah. If you're trying to trim those unsightly hair out of your ears. Yeah. That's where the, the light is a huge shaver. So you don't want to cut your ear open and stuff like that. So it's not only, like you mentioned, the other regions. It also would be a very effective tool for a uh, ear hair trimmer. It's, it, it is the uh, male grooming tool that is needed. So pick that up. All right, so moving things back to uh, to the ice in the game of hockey, DB. Last night, the uh, Big Ten college hockey season got underway with Minnesota and Penn State. We had Brock Faber from Minnesota on the other day. Fantastic interview. I uh, really enjoyed getting to know Brock Faber and can really understand from a, a character side, uh, the character side, why the LA Kings would have uh, moved up, you know, to get him. Um, last night, his Minnesota Golden Gophers took care of Penn State four to one. Uh, that was a big win, of course, uh, for Minnesota to get their season started. And they wore their beautiful 100th anniversary uh, jerseys. They debuted those last night. Um, but another interesting footnote about Minnesota, Dennis, is that former NHL defenseman Paul Martin, he is a volunteer coach this year with the University of Minnesota. He graduated from there many, many years ago. And uh, he is a volunteer coach, so he's going to be helping out with the defense. So I guess it's always great when you have a former NHL defenseman, a veteran NHL defenseman of almost 1,000 games who can help out and mentor and teach some of the younger players and prepare them for their eventual, uh, you know, hopeful roles as professional hockey players. Yeah, you know, Jay, it's funny because you mentioned Paul Martin, never a superstar, but played in the league. You mentioned a thousand games. So he could definitely teach the subtleties of you know, playing the blue line with, to the, uh, the Minnesota defense. 
Yeah. And, you know, we didn't talk about it on the last program, Dennis, only because it wasn't relevant to the conversation per se with uh, Brock Faber. But, um, again, for hockey fans here in Southern California, should mention that the Anaheim Ducks also have three uh, draft picks, three prospects uh, on that Minnesota team. And Craig Johnson, another uh, alum of Kings of the Podcast and the future assistant coach of the Ontario Reign, Craig Johnson's son, Ryan, who was a first-round pick, he's also on that Minnesota team. So, you know, there's been a lot of hype around Michigan this year because they have several potential first-round draft picks on that team. Um, but Minnesota is a pretty stacked team right now as well, so there's somebody to keep an eye on. And like I mentioned, they did start the season off uh, with a 4-1 win last night against Penn State, who we'll uh, be talking quite a bit about with our, our guest in the second period uh, in, in Cole Holtz. Uh, DB, another little uh, note here before we get to Holtz, and that is that uh, Quentin Byfield is back in the news. Gave everybody a momentary scare on Twitter. <laughs> you have to love hockey Twitter. They jumped to the worst conclusions uh, you know, at a moment's notice. When Byfield was not immediately on the ice for Team Canada at the World Junior Camp, everybody was uh, you, you know, freaking out and, and wondering what was going on. And uh, cooler heads prevailed. Everything turned out fine. Uh, Byfield eventually joined camp. And they have the red team and the white team in Team Canada's camp there because they have about 45 or 46 kids there and uh he is centering the top line at this particular moment that doesn't mean anything uh because you know they're going to merge the two teams together eventually and, and you know we're we're a month away from from really evaluation camp beginning um but for now he's centering the top line and so there will be a lot of byfield talk going forward fantastic yeah and you saw that and yeah he may not stay up at the top but he's gonna i would assume jay he's not centering the, the first line he'd probably be centering, centering the second line because you know people were impressed with the spec to you know when he left the last time we saw him at least the play the people that saw him play he was a kid a lot of, i saw one or two comments saying he came back like a man so he's grown he's filled out so i'm really really excited to see him play uh, for the canadian junior team yeah, when he was on Kings of the Podcast shortly after being drafted, that is one of the things that he spoke about was that he was working out extensively and he was looking to add about 10 or 15 pounds. Um, he knew that he wanted to be, you know, a little bit bigger and just sort of fill out. He obviously has the height. He has the size there, but he's still a very young man. And so he has time to, you know, grow into his body, but he's taking it very seriously. Not only the fact that he was taken second overall, but the fact that this is now his career and that he is going to eventually become a professional hockey player when and where exactly that happens. We're not so sure yet, and part of that has to do with waiting on the NHL uh, to see are they going to ex um, extend their, the, the roster limits uh, for this coming season. We also don't know exactly what's going on with the Ontario Hockey League. The one thing we know for sure is that uh, under the current rules, guys like Kaliev and guys like Byfield are not eligible for the American League, so most likely for both players it's either NHL or OHL, and we've spent quite a bit of time already um, talking about that uh, on previous shows. Speaking of the American League, though, DB, our guest coming up right after the break here is going to be Cole Holtz, and this is one of the defensemen that people should keep an eye on. You know, I know that uh, I've been hyping up Jordan Spence quite a bit lately and making sure that people know about him leading into the World Junior Tournament, but let's not forget that starting on February 5th, the American Hockey League is set to begin, and um, the Kings are adding a lot of prospects to that Ontario Reign team. We've talked with a few of them already during this offseason. Akil Thomas, Aiden Dudas, uh, Alex Turcott, and now turning things over to the defensive side, Cole Holtz is a defenseman who uh, quietly quietly last year was named the Big Ten Player of the Year. Not the defenseman of the year, DB, but the player of the year. That is one hell of an accolade for a young defenseman. Hey, and Jan, you mentioned that Ontario team is going to be some team to watch. Doesn't mean I'm going to drive out there at any point. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, maybe I'll pick up some of the games on the, on the web, but uh, it is, it is going to be an exciting team to watch a very, very different look. And of course uh, with coach Robo coming in as well. So that should be, uh, you know, the future is getting closer every day. And when you see the kids in Ontario play the season, they'll just be an affirmation of how close they are to the NHL level. Well, I want to give you quick, two quick follow-ups on that, and, and I don't want to keep Holtz waiting too long on the other side. So two quick follow-ups. One is Coach Mike Stuthers reminded me relentlessly last offseason, uh, temper the hype, okay? There were, there were a lot of uh, – 
there was a lot of talent that was coming in last year, and he, and he just kept talking all the time about how difficult it is and what a transition it is moving from college or junior and coming in to play professional hockey. And he's like, yeah, we're getting a lot of talent, but it's going to take a couple of months for these kids to make the adjustment and to settle in. So don't expect you know a, uh, a 10-game winning streak to open the season just because they're talented. Right. And, and, of course, he was very quick to remind me of that on a nightly basis during some of their early struggles last season. So um, while there is a lot of talent, uh, the aforementioned talent that is going to be joining the Ontario Reign, let's not expect a 10-game winning, uh, you know, winning streak. Uh, I, I'm sure that Robo would agree that it's going to take time. Now, in this particular case, you also have a new coach coming in, a new, new structure. But the other thing I wanted to mention, breaking news this morning, DB, you mentioned about potentially watching some of those Ontario Reign games on the web. Well, what about this? What about potentially watching some of those Ontario Reign games on your actual television? I wrote that story on mayorsmanor.com a couple weeks ago. We talked with Kelly Cheeseman about it. There is the possibility of the rain playing in an uh, empty arena, could be Staples Center, could be TSPC, and then potentially putting those games on TV as many of these uh, networks are looking for content right now. And here's the kicker, DB. This is the breaking news part of it. You may remember that Fox Sports sold their RSNs, their regional sports networks, which includes Fox Sports West, Prime Ticket, and then all of the various uh, regional sports networks across the country. And at the time when that happened, roughly a year or so ago, to a company called Sinclair Broadcasting, um, the original plan, if I remember it correctly, was that they were going to call that new network uh, the Diamond Sports Network or something like that because that was the branding that Sinclair was thinking about going with. Everybody knew that it was only a matter of time until the Fox name went away from the RSNs because if you're Sinclair, why would you give free advertising to Fox and, and brand them, right? So uh, everybody sort of forgot about it. And, you know, we've been waiting in the background for the rebranding of the, uh, the network. And, and on the hockey side, you know, we thought that that rebranding was going to take place before the hockey season started. And then all of a sudden this morning, DB, we wake up and there's the news. Sinclair, they're going to rebrand them. But they're not going with the original plan. This is now going to be called the Bally Sports Network, as yeah. in Bally's, the casino. Online gaming is coming. Come. You look at uh, DraftKings stock. You look at Penn National. Those are two publicly traded gambling entities. This is this is a wave of the future, John. So while it's kind of shocking that's not going to be Fox anymore, the fact that it's Bally, that's kind of stunning, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, the first thing that popped into my head and I tweeted about this, probably the earliest tweet I've ever uh, produced. Um, but I, what is this going to do on a go forward? Because, you know, uh, several decades ago, there was this big wave that went across the world of sports where all of the arenas and stadiums were rebranded. Right. And that's how, you know, Staples Center from day one was always a, a branded arena. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you, you took Dodger Stadium and then you rebranded it. It, it. it was born in this new generation where arenas and stadiums held DB, even minor league parks like the, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they play at Lone Mart Field. So, right. you know, I mean, this is this is something that impacted sports at all levels was the rebranding of arenas and stadiums. Um, and then and now this just really opens up, you know, my mind. Where, where are we going with all of this? You know, uh, and, and could this be now where television networks are rebranded and this this could really start something new so um pretty interesting news uh this morning and uh i'm, I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out is it going to be bally sports west is it going to be bally prime ticket bally ticket i mean i don't I, who knows this is uh really fascinating stuff and we'll have to see where this goes so jay i i bet you can't wait for the day where the the king's jerseys look like the berlin jerseys <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> it uh <laughs> Advertising on jerseys, I've long said this, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers most people. Now, do I want the NHL jerseys to look like, you know, uh, European hockey jerseys? No, I don't. But if they sold a small patch or even two small patches or even three small patches, right? Shoulder patches, maybe one on the rear. We talked about it on the last episode. Adidas bought a sponsorship, uh, you know, on a Kings jersey back in the late 80s. And they put it on the the back left corner. I don't think it bothered anybody. Could you sell a shoulder patch? Look at the McDonald's logo that's on the Kings practice jerseys. It's really not the end of the world, people. You know, um, if it's a way to generate more money, bring more attention to the sport, bring bigger sponsors. Look at UFC. Look what UFC did when they started selling sponsorships on the the um, the canvas that they fight on. And look at what they were able to do in terms of bringing 
big, big companies, big advertisers, Harley Davidson, Bud Light, and the attention that it brought. And then the fighters and the sport get featured in commercials. Now you see UFC in Modelo commercials. So if you love the game of hockey and you want to spread the game of hockey, Imagine if you saw more hockey players in McDonald's commercials or Bud Light or whoever that tied themselves to the game. Because when these sponsors come into the sport and they start buying up ads on the ice, on the boards, on the jerseys, on the frickin' arena or the name of the television network, they want to leverage that in as many places as possible. So I'm not opposed to it. Uh, like I said, as long as, you know, you don't replace the, the, the King's Crest with, you know, the McDonald's logo or do something like Major League Soccer would do, uh, you know, with their jerseys, then I'm all for it. I, I, I'm not. Okay, as, well, yeah, well, 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 there's there's the stopping point. There's the here's my question to you. And I know you're not a big soccer fan, but let's consider the preeminent soccer teams in England, like Liverpool and Man United. Man United has a Chevy logo in the middle of the jersey. <laughs> Liverpool has a standard chartered okay. in the middle of their jersey. Yeah. Okay. You're not down with that because that that's big money, right? Yeah. I mean, that's Chevrolet. That's an, would you be up for that? No, I I I, I, I think yeah, I think there are other creative ways. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you another thing I don't like. I don't like that Geico logo that kept showing up on the pitcher's mound while I was trying to watch the World Series too. So I think there are ways to do some creative advertising <laughs> that work, and there are other ways that don't work. You know, the 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 rotating boards that take place behind home plate. Um, that's not that much of a, of a problem, but it drives a lot of revenue, especially for TV viewership. So um, back to jerseys. Yeah, I, I think you can find some creative ways. Hell, put a big McDonald's logo at center ice. Uh, I'm fine with that before you take over mm-hmm. the crest of a hockey jersey. Okay. So got it. That, that's, that's, that's where we draw the line. How about this, DB? Let's draw a line on the first period. And uh, let's uh, get to the break. Cole Holtz on the other side. We've talked with the Minnesota side of the uh, the feud. Now let's go to Penn State and we'll bring in Cole Holtz, one of the Kings' rising draft, draft picks and prospects on the blue line. That's a mouthful, DB. We'll talk to Cole after the break. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Don't matter if we're out under New York lights or taking in the scene on Ocean Drive or standing underneath that Hollywood sign in California. I always seem to miss it all. I can't focus, I get lost. And I think you know it's all your fault. Oh, baby, don't you? You ain't no second period. Next up, the guys will be joined by an L.A. Kings prospect who turned pro earlier this year after three successful seasons at Penn State. He joins the Kings organization after being named the Big Ten Player of the Year. A 2017 NHL draft pick, this Wisconsin native is ready to add to an already deep defensive pool. Please welcome to the show, Cole Holtz. Welcome back, second period, and uh, joining us now, recently turned pro. I don't know if it's actually recently. It's just it's, it's a COVID. It's a whole weird year, but he turned pro this year. Uh, I'm talking about Cole Holtz, formerly of Penn State. Cole, how's it going? Good, Dennis, or John. How you doing? I keep getting you guys mixed up, but uh, real good. Yeah, it feels like it's been a long time. It's okay. But, uh, we'll forgive you because it's COVID. Everything's confusing this year. We're just, we're all, we're going stir crazy being locked in the house. I agree. I agree. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, and uh, we can talk about uh, Penn State, where they're kicking off their college hockey season this weekend. We can talk about that. We can talk about you turning pro. We can talk about the Ontario Reign. Um, but let's start here. Let's go way back, way back. Uh, from what I understand, you started playing hockey when you were about four years old. Your brothers played, but you didn't like it. You tried to quit, and your mom bribed you with an Xbox to get you to keep playing. What's the story there? 
Yeah, so actually, you know, I kind of grew up in a hockey family too. So my uh, my both my brothers played, and I just started playing at a young age, and I was really didn't enjoy it. But when I was on the ice, my mom could you know see that I did. It was just kind of going to the rink, and once I got on the ice, I was fine. So she saw that, and uh, she saw the opportunity, and she uh, she bribed me a little bit, you know. And I was very fortunate that she did that, and you know, I got I got to thank her for that one. But uh, it was kind of uh, it kept me going, and. I eventually just fell in love with the game naturally, and I'm, I'm glad she uh, she bribed me. So, yeah, it all does. She kind of needle you about that at different times. She's like, "Hey, look, you're you're an NHL drafted player now, thanks to mom." No, yeah, she takes credit. I mean, she does deserve all the credit. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, she she won't say it to me, but uh, you know, the credit the credit's due to her. So. All right. Well, we'll have her on for the next episode, and we'll get her version of the story then. We'll see what... Oh, she'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) You make the connection, and we'll do that. She'll be the first mom we've ever had on the podcast. I think Blake Lazat's mom was going to come on, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll have your mom on, and and we'll talk all about... She'll give us the real story. Forget this interview, because you're going to give us probably some cliche answers along the way, like all all the hockey players do, but uh, we'll get moms on the phone, and she'll she'll give us the real scoop on the Holtz brothers. Oh, the moms tell you how it is. <laughs> Always, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, we, we can talk a lot about hockey throughout the conversation today, but um, you have some interests away from the rink as well. If I remember correctly, last uh, year when you were at development camp, we, we talked a little bit about tattoos. I think you, uh, you're an artist. You did some, some painting. Uh, is, that, is that still oh. one of your pat? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe that's still following me. Oh, God. Yeah, when I was younger, yeah. I did a USHL video, and it was, I was so nervous. It was one of my first times. I was 16 years old, and they asked me what I do in my free time, and I didn't know what to say, and I said painting. And this has been, like, following me along for, like, the last five years. <laughs> it's like, oh, you like to paint? I'm like, oh, my God, no, I'm a terrible artist. Like, awful. Okay. But, see, when I when I heard about that, then I, I just I went back to the conversation about the tattoos, and I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense, like art and that sort of thing. But uh, now a lot of the guys here in Los Angeles um, have been going to – um, House of Ink Tattoo over in Venice Beach to get some work done. Matt Luff came on. He talked about it, and uh, Turcotte was over there recently. Uh, ha- has anybody told you about, about House of Ink yet in Venice Beach? I haven't heard of it, but I just got my first tattoo uh, this year, right after our season got canceled. A bunch of the guys went over and we got our tattoos. So, I mean, once you get one, I guess it's like an addiction. So I think if I get one more, I might be in trouble. So, But it might be in the near future. All right. Was there was there any special meaning attached to that first one, or uh, you just picked the first thing that you saw and, and you went with it? Oh, no. We all got uh, – so at Penn State, we say we are, and then Penn State. So we all got we are tattooed on. Some guys got on their waist. I got mine in the mid, mid-thigh so I can kind of showcase it a little bit. <laughs> I didn't want to hide it. You know, I got a lot of pride there. So I love it. That's great. That's great. That'll be uh, that'll be a conversation piece in the locker room. There you go. Um, I'm gonna flash it to Turkai. He's gonna, be, you know. <laughs> I love I love it. Uh, although he'll just be looking at pictures of Zegris on his phone, so he won't even be able to look up and and pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those little little buddies. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely BFFs. Um, I, it, speaking of things that have followed you for quite some time, uh, there was a video that I found of you back in Madison, uh, and I thought it was great. You were asked, uh, which one of your teammates would you least like to meet in a dark alley? Do you remember the answer you gave? I definitely said myself. Yeah, you said myself. <laughs> <laughs> you picked all these videos when I was like 16, 17. Well, you have a limited uh, playlist that's out there. See, if you were like 30, then there would be a lot more interviews with you. So now, five years from now, people will reference Kings of the Podcast, and they'll say, remember that time when you were on Kings of the Podcast and you were talking about your mom coming on? And see, it'll, it'll be, that'll be the new funny thing you can talk about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said myself. I think, you know, I, I like to think I, I mean, why wouldn't you say yourself? I, I feel like you don't want to say anybody else. You don't want to, you know, showcase your weaknesses or anything like that. I so. think I thought your follow up was great. It, myself was funny, but your follow up was I, I'm an intimidating guy. At least that's what I've heard. So that's great. If if you've heard that about yourself, hell yeah, you you would not want to run into yourself in a dark alley. So that was a good answer. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, sticking in the USHL for a while, a couple of uh, names to throw at you that uh, you you played with. You played with Todd McClellan's son Tyson for a while, and you also played with Timu Solani's son Etu. Right? Yeah, yeah, great guys. Any any good stories uh, that you remember about Tyson and uh, and how are you going to work that into getting into the good graces of Todd? Oh, Tyson! Uh, here's a good one. I got. It's not really a story, but that guy got so lucky when he came to Madison. 
he ended up uh, living with Jerry Kelly. Does mm-hmm. that ring a bell? No. Uh, pro golfer, uh, well respected. Still plays in the in the PGA, the, the older one I think now, but uh, well respected. But uh, so he had six dollar house. I think he had a golf simulator in his house. Like he was living real nice. Wow. But uh, I never got over there. I don't know where my invite was. I don't know if I lost in the mail. But <laughs> a couple of guys went over there and were hanging out with Jerry Kelly. But so he had he had a good imagination. But uh, no, he is a good dude. Um, E two, E two. I loved E two as well. We had a lot of fun in Madison. I won't get into it, but, you know, just a little bit. Okay. Hey, so, you know, John, when I was doing some research about Cole, this here's an interesting fact. Cole and I share the same birthday. Really? May 22nd. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Gemini. May 22nd. Yeah, exactly. Like dual personalities. Hey, so, Cole, so you <laughs> mentioned we are, and we mentioned Penn State, and Cole, your Nittany Lions are 0-4. So, have you reached out to any of your uh, football guys and any say, encouragement? Well, uh, yeah. well I, I don't know if I can say this on the air, but, I, you know, I'm one of those guys where I either want them to be really good or I want them to be in the gutter. You know, because when we're on campus, we wanted to be the big dog. So, you know, I'm still rooting for those guys, obviously. But, uh, you know, they're the tough start. I don't want to speak too much on it because, you know, I don't really know too much about football. That's you know, I don't. I don't want them to come after me. Those are some big boys, so <laughs> I might have to zip it a little bit. Uh, well, you're you're pretty intimidating, though, as we already talked about earlier. I, I made the joke after we had you on the uh, the media call earlier in the summer. With the Kings Media Group had put something together, and uh, man, you were just mean mugging the whole time. Can you mix in a smile yeah. every once in a while? <laughs> I've actually been getting that my whole life. They're like, yeah, you like you have a resting, you know, whatever face, and. I was like, really? Did I see that? I don't. I don't know what it is, but it, it followed me a long time, and obviously, it still is. You know, I, I think I'm. I don't think I'm that intimidating, but um, if, if other people do, then I guess more power to me. But uh, once you get to know me, I'm, I'm a pretty good, nice guy. You know. <laughs> All right. We'll find out. We'll let you know by the end of the show. Here's the thing. People, yeah, exactly. people that don't know you, let's talk about what an impressive season you had last year. 2019 Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you were second team All-American. Uh, and people talk about, well, wait a minute. Was he under the radar? How good was he um, on the national scene? But the Big Ten did not release awards um, so you weren't really talked about because of the COVID very much. But when I talk to NHL scouts and even some college coaches, they say that you were arguably the best player in the nation last season. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's always nice to hear. Um, yeah, you know, I had, I had a really good year. Uh, you know, I know my identity and I kind of just kept getting better. But, you know, that goes without saying that, you know, we had a really good team at Penn State. You know, we had four of us signed NHL contracts, a bunch of guys going on to play pro. Um, you know, it's too bad our season got canceled because, you know, we thought we were going to be able to kind of take it all. That was our year. But, uh, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to those guys. But uh, everything, you know, just seemed to come together my junior year. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really have to change much. Just kind of got better at what I did and everything kind of kind of fell into place. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good year. It's just it's tough that it had to end that way. Now, Cole, here's the kicker to all of that, though. For as awesome as you were last year, and you're you're downplaying a little bit and just saying that everything came together and, you know, it was, you, you know, just really downplaying and being very humble, which I appreciate. But the, the real kicker in all this is you did that while being injured most of the season, which I think you had uh, you had surgery over the summer, right? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. And you're, you're, you're healthy? You're good to go now? I know you're back in Los Angeles. You've been back for a couple of days, but you're, you feel you're good to go? Oh my God, I, John! I haven't felt better in the last like six years of my life. <laughs> really? I think uh, this has been a lingering uh, injury, so it was uh, it was nice to kind of get it taken care of. Um, and you know, uh, you take you know, it's been four months since I've been on the ice, so I've had a really a lot of time to kind of rejuvenate and kind of you know, my body's had time to recover from you know the last you know twelve years or whatnot of playing hockey. So it's been it's been a good break, and you know, I. I I feel great, so I'm just I'm ready to get on the ice and kind of kind of I'm just ready to play. You know, it's been a long time. Okay, um, how about going back to your draft day? Maybe this is a story that you do or don't know. I'm not sure, but uh, again, speaking to how you always sort of seem to fly under the radar, uh, you know, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're such a great player. Um, yep. On, on the draft weekend, uh, your your agent wasn't sure that you were going to be drafted, and so he's texting uh, the Kings. 
scouts at the table and trying to get you invited to development camp and trying to yeah. secure a spot for you. And lo and behold, uh, as I understand it, one of the scouts right before they were about to pick you basically told your agent, yeah, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll get them to development camp. And then, uh, then they end up hearing your name and, and you know, your, your, uh, your agent of course thought that that was pretty funny, but you were on the golf course. Is that, is that a true story? <laughs> I was, I actually just got to school. Like I think that was like my second day at school. We were, we actually went golfing, and then we went to the pool afterwards. So we went to a little pool party. But, um, yeah, it was kind of it was interesting. I didn't really know if I was going to get drafted or not. I knew that LA, if, if I was, it would be them. You know, I had a really good conversation with, uh, you know, Tony. One day he came into Madison, and, you know, we had a really good conversation. I thought I, I left it all out there, and, you know, I told them what I, what I thought. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I was on the golf course golfing with a bunch of buddies, and I get a call, and I'm like, oh, yeah, agents when I drafted and you know obviously the guys are psyched and and whatnot but uh you know I couldn't golf after that because I, I mean I wasn't expecting it to be honest okay but Cole come on now I mean even if you don't think you're going to be drafted if you think there's a a one percent chance I don't know maybe you and I are different if there was a one percent chance you're not going to watch the draft just just in case outside chance that a team takes you uh I, I honestly I wasn't really thinking about that I was thinking about you know hanging out with my 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 team, to be honest with you, I mean, that's just kind of how, how I am. Um, I mean, if I got drafted, I mean, I always, I always thought, you know, if you get drafted, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool and all, but it's a long road. Um, you know, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. You know, I knew there was a lot of work to be done. You know, I knew I was going to be behind a lot of people. So I didn't really try to focus on that, to be honest with you. I know it's a cool experience and all, but, you know, I wasn't a high-touted prospect or anything, but I knew who I, you know, I knew my play and, and that, you know, if I kept developing over the years, I wouldn't be such a diamond in the rough because, you know, that's what I've been my whole life. A diamond in the rough. That's what we're going with? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I've been saying. I mean, it's been a, I don't get a lot of recognition. And, um, you know, it's nice, you know, obviously this year, I, you know, I, I won a couple of awards and whatnot. Um, you know, my whole life, I've, I feel like I've been spinning off to a battle just trying to get a little bit of recognition. So. All right. Well, that's your next tattoo right there. It's going to be a little little diamond, and every time you look at that, you're going to remember that you're a diamond in the rough. See, we already we're planning things. Oh, you out gave me a great idea. No, I know I'm going to have to find out where that that tattoo parlor is in Venice. It's called House of Ink. Uh, I'll connect you with it. Uh, House of Ink Tattoo over in Venice Beach. It's where all the kings go. Kyle Clifford. It's where everybody goes to get to get tattooed. So uh, you'll you'll find out soon enough. If you can tear if you can tear Turcotte away from his phone, just ask him. He knows where it is. He was there a couple days ago getting some getting some more work done. But this is about oh, you. This isn't about Turk. This is about you. So um, I, I want to share a couple of other things with you though that some of the scouts and, and coaches and and people in management circles are telling me. I also had a chance to talk with your your coach at Penn State, which I'll get to. But uh, uh, People just say that you're a lot like Matt Roy in the sense that you really deserve all the credit in the world um, for what you do to improve your game. You're just a true professional in that sense and constantly working to get better. Special kids, special players, what a lot of guys um, say. And I find that interesting because one of the other things is uh, in reading up, you started a hockey school or you're starting one with your brother, Mitch, uh, former mm-hmm. goals player. And so I, it, it sounds like the, the plan is that you want to just uh, share and give back already. You're already prepared to give back to other kids in the area, area and uh, just talk to them about their hockey path and help them develop. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, uh, you know, once me and Mitch kind of knew we wanted to have a career path in hockey. We knew in the summers we kind of wanted to give back. And uh, kind of, you know, they always had the suitor camps and stuff for the younger players, but we kind of wanted to give back and to, you know, that, that like 12, 13, you know, you know, they're old enough. They're not going to stare in the glass where they could really, you know, take it in. And, you know, there's a lot of things growing up that we didn't know that we wish we knew. And, you know, we've been through it all. Um, you know, I learned everything through my older brother, so I was very fortunate. You know, he didn't know what juniors was. He didn't know what kind of league there was until, you know, Indiana Ice picked him up way back in the day. So we thought if, you know, we could, you know, hold a camp and get this information out to kids. And we thought it'd be, it'd be really beneficial and cool to, you know, kind of know your options. And that's kind of kind of how it picked up. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, you, you have your whole life in front of you. It's just something that you could have done in 10 years or even in 20 years down the road from now. And you uh, you have a lot to focus on, but yet still to, f- to find – uh, you know, to find it within you that that's an important thing to give back and to have that sort of that value in that trade. I think it speaks a lot to your character. Um, on the other side, here's a story for you. From what I understand, you used to have really long flowing locks. Uh, Adrian Kempe would probably be pretty, be pretty jealous there, some pretty sick flow. But uh, you were at camp in the USHL. Your coach told you to cut your hair. It was too long. 
he went so far as to take you back into the locker room and to try to cut your hair. The buzzers or whatever didn't work, so he used the the scissors that the team uses to like to cut. Who's leak? Wait, wait, who's leaking this? Yeah, to cut hockey tape. That's what they use to cut your hair. Hey, I will do anything to get on. You know, I I let if I show up the alley cap, they said cut your hair. Cut my hair. I love <laughs> cut my hair, and that's what that was. That was my attitude going in the. You know, one of my first USHL camps, I was like, you know, I'll do anything to make this team. So, uh, sure enough, I was like, get them out. And, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. The, the Clippers didn't work. They were yanking on my hair, so we had to pull the scissors out. <laughs> that's, that's too much. Uh, we're going to have to work uh, on a couple things with you, though, because uh, in looking into your musical tastes, Post Malone, fine. Oh, yeah, it's good. But One Republic, really? We're going to need to talk about this, Cole. Where did you get One Republic? Yeah, there's a list. Uh, you did an interview with your brother, and uh, you guys listed songs in your in your iPod, and uh, in your list of five, One Republic was on that list. No, I think they might have messed that up. One Republic, <laughs> really? I'm gonna send it to you. Yes, really. And you is said, that the one I did this summer with Madison? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give him a call. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have to watch him. Maybe I said that. I don't know. Maybe I was messing around, but. Okay. I mean, they're not bad band, though. You can't, you, really? know, you can't knock. Cole, <laughs> Cole, you're gonna no. You were gonna have to work on your musical taste. You, you need a little bit of help there. One Republic is not not acceptable. Certainly not on this program. <laughs> I like I like my I like a little bit of everything. I you know right now I'm in the country phase. So all right, Blake Lazat came on and wouldn't stop talking about country music a couple weeks ago. So what uh, what type of country are you into right now? Who's your favorite artist? Uh, I've always been an Eric Church guy. He hasn't came out with. Uh, a lot recently. Um, right now, Morgan Wallen, he's been good. Uh, oh, Kenny Chesney, love him, obviously. Um, there's a new guy, Ryan Hurd. Okay. He's he's picking up some some traction. I really like him. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple uh, new guys coming up that I like. Okay. I'm not a country guy. I won't listen to any of that stuff, but I, I just wanted to allow you to have the opportunity to share with the listeners that do like country. So there you go. You're getting, uh, we're, we're the Midwest blue collar guys. You know, you're like our country. All right. Maybe I'll listen to one <laughs> song. Maybe, maybe. Um, how about this? Uh, sticking to hockey then. Um, so I, I called your coach out at Penn state uh, and talked to guy and I was like getting some background information on you. And he was telling me a story about when the Kings called him to thank him for helping develop you and, and for getting you ready to become a pro as you signed your contract earlier this year. Basically he said back to them, Hey guys, I didn't do anything from day one. This kid has been one of our best players. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I just think that's such a, such a great compliment to you and uh, the type of player that you are. Yeah. Love guy. Love the whole coaching staff, obviously. Um, you know, he, he made it really comfortable when I came in. Uh, I was really fortunate enough. Uh, Vince Petrie, he signed, uh, you know, with the New York Rangers. So when I came in, I was, you know, I got partnered with a guy named Eric Audio who really kind of took me under his wing and, and showed me the ropes. Um, but, uh, yeah, guy was, you know, he, he just, he really understood me. Um, a lot of times, you know, he would kind of just let me be. But, you know, if, if he needed something to change out of me, he would, you know, we had that respect where he could come up to me and tell me and, um, but yeah, he just, he was great. I mean, he just let us play. And, and that's, I think that's the best thing you can do with, you know, during a game. Um, God, you're going to make me emotional. I love the guy so damn much, but, uh, he, uh, he really gave me an opportunity. So, uh, I can't thank him enough because when I was going through the whole recruiting process, I actually, I only had three schools. It was Lake Superior State, Providence and Penn State. So those are the only three teams that gave me scholarships. So, um, it was just how it all went down was 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 uh, pretty surreal. You know, Cole, uh, John mentioned that in 2020, everything's upside down and time's in a vacuum. But you did sign your contract on April 11th after your junior year. Was that always the plan to come out after the junior year? Could you come out uh, for that? What, what was your thinking with respect to turning pro? Um, you know, I, I was in no rush uh, after watching my brother. You know, he aged out of juniors and, um, you know, he was always telling me, hey, there's no rush. So I, I just knew. When LA thought I was ready, then, you know, then I thought I was ready too. Um, obviously, you know, I'd ask people around me what they thought and, uh, especially a guy, you know, when I talked to him, he's like, yeah, man, like you're more than ready. So, uh, going into the college, it was kind of wait and see. Uh, yeah, junior, you always have that in your mind. You know, that's, you know, that's when the most people turn pro, uh, statistically anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I had no rush with it, so. Just to go back to Guy for a few minutes, uh, you know, since you talk about, you know, the amount of respect you have for him, um, 
he says that he only talked to you twice ever in the time that you were there. And he, he said he had to tell you something twice when you were a freshman and that basically you corrected it right away and it was never an issue again. And that was it. Oh, you want to know what it was? Sure. It was, it was penalties. It was, it was actually funny. He was like, yeah, I don't, there's no, like, he, he pulls me into his office and he's like, yeah, you're, you know, you get the penalties, but you know, there's not a consistently, like you're not flashing It's you know, it's roughing, you know, most of the time you're taking the guy with you to the bench. But you know, after that, I guess I, I didn't have any, you know, sick penalties. So I think that was a conversation, but that's funny he said that. That's exactly what he said. He said that you acted like a pro from day one. I mean, the guy was gushing about you. He was talking on and on, and you could tell that uh, he really appreciates the type of player that you were. I'll share one more quote that he shared uh, with me. He, he basically was uh, saying that until you work with him, you don't see how good he, he really is. And so he mm-hmm. said that as soon as the coaches in Los Angeles get you on the ice, they're going to know yep. right away exactly um, how good of a player they have, and they're going to be really surprised. Yeah, I know. I appreciate him saying that. But, yeah, I think that goes with, you know, my playing style. And, like I said, I was a diamond and a rough. Nobody, nobody really, I guess, appreciated me until, like, you know, I played for him. Because the same thing happened for me in Madison with uh, under Garrett Suter. And, um, you know, I, I play pretty simple games, so it's not even flashy. You know, I like to compare my game to Ryan Suter. You know, that's, that's who I grew up wanting to be like. So, I think for that, it's, you know. It's just kind of cool to get some recognition. The, the Kings uh, on the defensive side, uh, forward as well, but really on the defensive side, is pro, uh, on the prospect side, they're pretty stacked. I mean, you have what I call the ABCDs. You have Anderson, Bjornfoot, Clegg. You have Dursey. They drafted Grons this year. Holtz at H, so they just needed, and Faber, so they just need to get an E in there. We could go all the way from A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Um, when you when you think about turning pro and, and this year and most likely playing for the Ontario Reign, do you look at all and look at the roster and sort of say, you know, who do I think I would be uh, you know, I could be paired up with and who would complement my style or is it something where it's still a little bit too early? I know you've seen some of the guys at development camp, but have you put any thought into that at all about who might compliment you the best? Uh, compliment me the best? Uh, no, not really. Honestly, I don't even think about that because I like to think I can play with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I try not to look too much into that and, and kind of let them because that's the coach's decision anyway. So, I kind of, whoever I'm paired up with, I'm paired up with, just going to make the most of the opportunity or whatnot, but uh, I haven't thought too much about that. All right, so uh, who, who takes the series this weekend, Penn State or, or Minnesota? want to make sure we can text Are Brock. Are you kidding State. me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota is is predicted to be the uh, you know they're the favorite coming into hey, the season. So I just hey John 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 okay. John. I need you to check the record of Penn State versus Minnesota the last four years. Okay, it it doesn't look good for them. I love it. <laughs> we'll have to get you and Brock Faber on together, and we can uh, we can talk about the series when it's over. Um, wh- one last one, just because I know how important your brother is to you, and you, you've, you've talked a lot about him uh, here today during the interview, and I'm just curious um, what type of information he has been able to share with you about his experience playing in the AHL West uh, for a couple teams and just uh, sort of getting you ready for what this next season is all about, your first season as a professional. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously, you know, I'm like a sponge. You know, anything he tells me, I soak up, but... Uh... Actually, funny story, we're, we're driving the car and, you know, I'm like, hey, man, like, should I, you know, keep my receipts or whatnot, you know, driving down? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, they didn't tell me to. And he's like, here's here's what he told me. He goes, they won't tell you anything in pro hockey. You need to ask. So <laughs> so that's, that's one of the lessons he taught me on the way down was you got to ask questions to so make sure you understand. And he's like, yeah, sometimes the older guys don't even know what's going on, so don't be a, you know, afraid to ask. But uh, just kind of watching him go through the process and, me being able to ask him. He's over playing in Slovakia right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I try to get on the phone with him quite a bit. Um, but, you know, he he's kind of, he's at a different path for sure. He went in Anaheim and uh, it was a little bit tougher, you know, turning pro and, and kind of, you know, it's not, it's a little bit different than, you know, you know, college, you're playing with a bunch of buddies and then, you, you know, you turn pro and it's almost a job. But, you know, you got to find a way to enjoy it. And that was probably the number one thing I could take from is, you know, you got to have fun and, you know, if you're not having fun, then, you know, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to be, you know, performing well. So just can't lose that love for the game was the, the biggest thing I could take from him. Well, for sure. And Cole, even though you're always mean mugging everybody, I do enjoy uh, the conversations that, that we've had. Uh, it's always enlightening. You share some good information. We're going to wrap this up now. I'm going to go uh, get on the Internet and look at Penn State's record versus Minnesota to prepare for the series. And uh, we'll have you, Cole Diamond Holtz, back on the program later on in the season. And you can let us know how things are going in your, your first professional year. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
All right, we'll talk to you later. There you go. Cole Holtz, uh, recently turned pro and one of the LA Kings prospects to watch on the blue line. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. I need a change of scene till the seasons change. Maybe longer nights, maybe shorter days will get me over what I can't get past. If you're gone and you won't come back, maybe a little space or a little time. Somewhere far from here will get you off my mind. I can't stay watching you move on all February long. I'm going to Michigan for the winter. Between the dark and the light of the sky and the snow, most people go south. Welcome back the to the third period of Kings of the Podcast the with DB and the mayor. Okay, okay, okay. First of all, DB, how about a quick shout-out to Dave Joseph? Thank you so much. He did yes. the uh, introduction for Brock Faber on the last episode. He did the introduction um, this this time around for Cole Holtz. I did reach out to Paul Dangerously, uh, uh, Paul Heyman, that is, and tried to get him to do the uh, the Brock intro for Faber. We weren't able to connect, so we went with the next best thing. We went with the voice of, of Staples Center, which is uh, Dave Joseph. So thank you to, D- to DJ. Apparently, he does not listen to Kings of the Podcast. I called him Horseface a couple episodes ago. And uh, he did send me a funny emoji text, um, but he, uh, he, he did not uh, refuse uh, to do anything for us. So that's great. Um, look, Cole was giving it to me there, and I do just want to clarify during the break, I looked it up, DB. Penn State, uh, coming into last night's game, Penn State was, in fact, 8-1-1 in their last 10 games against Minnesota. So Cole had uh, a lot of pride on the line in that game last night. 8-1-1, his Nittany Lions had taken it to Minnesota. But perhaps the tide has turned now that he has turned pro and several of his teammates have moved on. Uh, and maybe now it's Minnesota's time. Uh, they were able to handle things last night 4-1. to The rematch is today, uh, and uh, we'll have to see where things go from there. Yeah, a couple things. So you're going to convince him to get that tattoo, right? The diamond <laughs> tattoo, right? You're going to you're going to work on him to, to do that, right? Uh, let's just say, yeah, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with um, that could be in the works, DB, because we're going to need. Yeah, we're going to need a Kings of the podcast. I mean, just imagine that if an idea that was born on the show turns into a tattoo. That's great. And uh, look, it's it, he's not a sponsor of the program, by the way. I, you know, someone's probably going to ask, why is John always talking about House of Ink and, and Sean? Uh, they're not. It's it's not a sponsorship. Uh, Sean's a great guy. I love the fact that in 2012, when the Kings won the cup, that he gave away free Kings tattoos, a uh, uh, Kings logo or Stanley Cup to every Kings fan for free. I mean, that is that is a hell of an offer. Not to like the first 100 people. He was so elated as a lifelong Kings fan that the Kings won the Stanley Cup. He offered his service for free to all Kings fans. He was booked for months. People coming in there and getting a free Kings tattoo. I don't know if Mike Richards or Jonathan Quick ever went in or Dean Lombardi uh, to get their, you know, Kings tattoo, which is something Dean was always talking about. But I just I think that's such a great story that any chance I get an opportunity to mention it. And then all the Kings players now go there. You know, Clifford went there. I talked about it. Matt Luff came on the program and talked about it. I I think that uh, Sean should be getting a phone call soon from Cole Holtz and the the Diamond Cole Holtz. It's great. I love it. And the other thing is that and and I go back to the. I don't know when it was, maybe April or May, when he had all the prospects on. We're doing the Zoom calls. I think you mentioned it. Is that the dude was so stone faced <laughs> on that call? I'm like, going, this dude is a badass. Like, and then to go on and do the come on and do that great interview where he shows all his personality. I'm thinking, oh, Cole's going to be like the stone faced, yes, no, <laughs> cliched guy. He was a really cool cat, man. So that was like total surprise because I remember coming off that 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 Zoom call with him and a couple other guys. I'm going, wow, Cole is like. Well, he, he's a hardcore dude. DB, I'll tell you what. I, I, I will share with the listeners a little bit of the behind the scenes, the truth here. So I'm, I'm going to out you for a second if you don't mind. So uh, you are correct. Sure. You are correct. That Zoom call was, was scary. He was mean mugging the whole time. He, he, <laughs> he looked, I, I tweeted it at the time. He looked like he was going to come through the screen and punch everybody in the face. Okay. So when I told you that I had booked Cole Holtz, <laughs> I'll share with the listeners what really happened. So you texted me and I don't remember the exact words. It wasn't 
like, are you sure? But it was something to the equivalent of that. Like, hey, remember that call? You know, are you sure this is going to be okay? Whatever. And I was like, hey, look, I have a great relationship with the player. I said, but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, they've all been in short bursts, right? I've, I've, I've had to have brief conversations with him. Right. Um, so, for example, uh, coming into development camp every year, we do a series on Mayor's Manor called Five Questions. It's like a preview, and we do five questions with a number right. of different players. And so we've done that with Holtz. No problem. We had uh, gotten some some quotes from him when there was some kings on kings crime of him going up against Turcotte in Wisconsin throughout the college hockey season and whatnot. But never needed to do an extended format. So I, I told you it was a, it was you know it was a, a flip of the coin. I didn't know which version we were going to get. Man, DB, I would give him a solid A. I thought that that interview was fantastic. I thought we had a lot of fun, and um, hell, he was even flipping me shit there at the end. Yeah. So uh, we can't go wrong with that. No, and and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, John. You know, it's been the last couple of weeks, you you grabbing all these prospects. It's been so refreshing to talk to these kids, like right? They they all have a different story, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the kids from you know are from Europe. Byfield's a huge draft pick. Cole played three years, was a fifth round pick, but they're all driven to become NHL players. So just the conversation with these kids, and forget about the hockey skill. Like you could see that this organization has drafted solid kids. And I mentioned this on the last podcast, like 18, 17, 19 years old to conduct interviews like this says a lot about the maturity of these kids. So it's just, if you're a Kings fan, you have to be excited about not only the skill that they have, because we've hyped that a lot, but just the, just the level of person that they've drafted. They all seem to be quality kids and that augurs well for this organization going forward. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's important also to let them know how, how much the organization uh, views and values the character of somebody because these kids coming up, they've all been told what great hockey players they are, whether it's their coaches, their teammates, the fans of whether it's a junior team or a college team, even their Bantam teams, whatever, you know, so they know about the hockey side. They've been told that a bunch, but it's also important to know um, the off-ice stuff, how important it is to be a good person and have high character. Kelly Cheeseman came on and talked about the importance of, you know, from an organizational standpoint, how they want to be involved and reach out to all sorts of different uh, uh, people here in, you know, the multicultural, multidimensional uh, fan base that's available here in Southern California and even beyond, you know, the borders of just uh, uh, SoCal. So, it, it, that's why I share with them uh, the comments from some of the scouts and coaches that they've had uh, about what great character, uh, you know, high character players these guys are. So I, I, I'm glad that you uh, have enjoyed it. It's been it's been wonderful to sort of showcase some of these guys and give them an opportunity, you know, to speak uh, and, and let their hair down, so to speak, uh, and, and let them um, open up a little bit and get fans, give fans an opportunity to know who they are and what they're all about. And uh, hopefully now some, some, some of our listeners will pay a little bit closer attention uh, to some of these players that are a few years away. It's not just about the World Junior Championship. Uh, you know, some of these prospects are going to be on TV. So, um, DB, that's a great transition. Let me just run this down for you. So, Penn State uh, is at Minnesota. The rematch is today. The podcast is dropping on Friday, so you can watch that game. You can watch Brock Faber. Uh, Berlin is on tomorrow, and so we have the kids over there. Turcotte, uh, we've talked with. We I'm sorry, Turcotte's already back. We talked with um, uh, Aiden Dudas. We talked with Jacob Bingham and Akil Thomas. They're over there. Berlin's going to play uh, another one of their tournament games tomorrow, and then Minnesota is back again on TV. They're on the Big Ten Network. If you have DirecTV or whatever your your package is, you can you can find the Big Ten Network. Minnesota plays again on Monday and Tuesday. They'll be playing Ohio State. You can watch Brock Faber, and then next Saturday, so the Saturday after Thanksgiving, um, Andre Lee and Ben Meehan, who are with University of Lowell uh, or uh, uh, UMass Lowell, excuse me, um, they're going to be on TV on uh, Nesson. Uh, which again, if you if you have DirecTV, you can watch that. So a lot of the Kings prospects, forget about the AHL for a moment, forget about the NHL, at the other levels, they're going to be available and they're going to be on TV. So that's outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. They'll buy the time while we wait for the millionaires and the billionaires to figure out the CBA going forward. Uh, I, I had a, a an unhealthy level of excitement for uh, the Minnesota-Penn State game last night. I was really interested in <laughs> watching some college hockey. And, uh, you know, when the Kings have a prospect on there, it just it, it raises my level of interest. And, and uh, uh, young Brock, freshman, started on the second pairing. Uh, he was with... Ryan Johnson, Craig Johnson's son, uh, can't say that enough, and um, had, you know he, he had a fine showing uh, in his first game, so we'll see how they do in the rematch. I'm sure that uh, Cole Holtz will be, will be texting me after the game today uh, if Penn State wins. Um, to, you know, they will be 8-1-1, one, one, so now uh, 
one more loss to the column last night, but we'll see what Penn State can do in the rematch today. Hey, real quickly, before we wrap up, DB, here today, um, I mentioned a few moments ago that there are some some of the kids are over there in Berlin, um, and, and that being Dudas and Thomas, and then also Jacob Ingham in goal. Uh, Ingham did start the game um, that they lost on Thursday, unfortunately, Berlin. They're playing again on Saturday, as I mentioned. The question really becomes, what, what do you do with these kids, with these prospects uh, moving forward? How much longer are they going to remain over in Germany? It's kind of difficult to get a firm answer right now from anybody in the Kings organization, and, and primarily because um, the, the driver of all of these decisions, the number one driver, um, is what's happening with camp here in Los Angeles. And that's tied to when is the NHL going to get going. So while none of this is definitive, it's all a work in progress. From what I understand, um, they're hoping that these players would be able to get a couple more uh, games in over there. So they have another game on Saturday, and then they have a few more tournament games. They're hoping to do that before they bring them back. Um, you know, you really don't have to bring them back for American Thanksgiving next week because the three players are Canadian in uh, Thomas, Dudas, and Ingham. So that's, that's there. But uh, when they do come back, over to North America, they are going to have to quarantine for a, a while. And so that is going to play into exactly when they bring them back to make sure that they're available for camp. And then the other thing, though, would be that potentially you could even see Ingham come home a little bit early because the plan for Ingham, as I mentioned uh, about a month or so ago, is that they will most likely send him to the ECHL this year. Um, they're full with two goaltenders at the uh, Ontario Rain level. And so Ingham, who turned pro, he's going to end up with probably the Greenville Swamp Rabbit. Can't say that name enough. That is the team uh, that the Kings are going to be affiliated with on the ECHL level this year. And the uh, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits are going to be opening up their training camp here in a couple of weeks. And so they're, potentially you could see Ingham come home early. And we don't need everybody freaking out like they did when Turcotte came home. So I'm putting that out there right now. If Ingham comes back early... Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It just means he needs to get back in quarantine before he goes to training camp with the ECHL Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Can we stream those games, John? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, when I think of the ECHL, the only thing I want to do is I want to stream games with Jason Christie, one of my all-time favorite coaches, the winningest coach in ECHL history as well. He was the coach for the ECHL Ontario Reign. Everybody loves Smurf. How can you not? Uh, what a guy. And uh, back to Dave Joseph, uh, somebody that, that DJ and I both have a, a real fondness for. So we love Smurf. DB, I think it's been a great episode. Really enjoyed getting to talk with Cole Holtz. And uh, I think we can wrap this episode up. And we'll be back soon with uh, another new program of Kings of the Podcast. Nobody but me The mood on there Keeps changing like the weather So you can keep the sun Cause I like the nights on better You think you're better Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.